Radio City Sports Saint and Snods with OD's designerclothing.com from the women's store Michael Kors and Canada Goose an absolute great of uh, Arsenal, Manchester City, Sunderland, and of course the Republic of Ireland. He might even be at Goodison tomorrow, you never know. Yes, and his role be. with uh, Sky Sports. He also was the chairman of Sunderland and was in that role when Jordan Henderson left to join Liverpool. A man that has been affectionately known as Quininho down the years and of course had the great song Niall Quinn's Disco Pants Are the Best <laughs> sung about him <laughs> Niall how you doing? Uh, hi lad thanks for that lovely introduction <laughs> Big Quinny how are you mate? I'm brilliant Snod. how are you? Yeah I'm fine thanks pal uh, Good on you Are we uh, having a bet on AP the last two races of his career today? Well, I hope he wins Mr. Yeah. Mole. I think it'd be great if he does. But uh, are we seeing you in Punchestown this week? Um, <laughs> I don't know. After last, I don't think I'm invited after last time, Quinny. So uh, I think they're uh, they're leaving me at home. Uh, unfortunately. No worries. No worries. Anyway, we'll talking. Drink, yeah, yeah, have one for me, pal. But uh, talking of football, you were the uh, the chairman of Sunderland when Jordan Henderson were there, pal. Uh, did you ever think? he would be getting a £100,000 a week contract in them days? I I, I did, to be mm. honest with you, Snod. Um, he was an absolute shining example of what a young player should be in those days. Mm. Uh, his athleticism, obviously, you know, was there for all to see. But his his desire to learn the game and do the right thing from a, a young academy player upwards, it was just phenomenal. Mm. And uh, he went to Coventry on loan quite early on in his career with us. Uh, Ray Ransom, who we used to play with and against, mm. Uh, was at Coventry and he rang me after two weeks he was an 18 year old at the time and said this kid is after transforming our dressing room and they went on an incredible run mm. and their run stopped when Jordan got injured so so we knew he, was, he wasn't he was afraid of big challenges he was full of energy full of enthusiasm but the guys at the uh, Sunderland Academy you remember Kevin Ball yeah. who played for Sunderland for many years Kevin was a big influence on him uh, Jed McNamee ran the academy there Elliot Dickman and, and everybody said the same thing as I, as I said you know the day he left He's destined for great things. He has a wonderful attitude and he's mm. an absolute credit, not just to himself and his family, but to the football club, the way he represented himself. And, and funny, you know, he signed this contract, but I'm not surprised that there was no silly games yeah. being played by agents in the newspapers. It was all just done professionally and correctly. And, um, and Jordan mm. just has continued to do that. And I talk about his performances too, but just, you know, to have that backbone that he's got and to have that, um, I suppose, that, that unique driven sense that's not borne out by other agents and fooling people it's hard work he's learned and grafted so hard he's, he's wanted it so badly i'll give you a little example we got beat by newcastle in in, in a derby and everybody mm. was very low and roy king gave everybody the day off and he came in the next morning on his own he was there about half eight he took a bad free kick and he was out there on his own at about 20 past eight in the morning recreating the same free kick so it wouldn't mm. happen again mm. and i think that that you know, when you look out your window and you're trying to make sense of, of running a football club and you see that, I always got, you know, sort of, that's if I had, if I had three or four more Jordan Andersons, then uh, I knew I'd have a great football club. But we, we couldn't turn down the move um, when it came from Demian Camoli, offered an mm. awful lot of money, touched £20 million for us at the time. It meant we were able to go out and do other things. So uh, we didn't stand in his way and, and I knew he, so in a long-winded way, yes, I knew he'd get there. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, uh, Niall, I mean, um, Tell me what you think uh, your, your strengths are. I mean, you know, you've got a big engine. You can run around and, and the stats yeah. all show that, don't they? You can, you know, you, yeah, you, you yeah. should be running the London Marathon tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, he does all that. 
What, what else do you think he, he brings to the team? Well, I think he, he's a continuity player in as much that he can now handle the ball, he can zip it around with the, the Coutinho's of this world and he's not feeling out of place. When he first went to Liverpool, I would say, you know, having kept such a close eye on him, that he wouldn't give out to me for saying he took the easy option out always. He always yeah. decided to go backwards rather than Correct. go past yeah. and, and yeah. take the next step. What he's learned in the last 18 months is, and, and what he's become free and easy at, is doing the more difficult one and trying the creative side of things and handling the ball and zipping it. You know, he, he can take a pass now at so much pace. He can act as a continuity player, but his engine, you know, his engine is as good as, as Roy Keane's was in his day. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not saying he's a tackler and I saw him make one awful tackle at Anfield, uh, which he got sent off for um, some wh- a while back. But his, his, his presence and his pace around the pitch, others play off that. And Brendan Rodgers' team are at their best when you've got a busy and industrious Liverpool playing the ball, knocking it around at pace, and Jordan fits in <clears> at that. Well, I mean, he, he has got to replace Steven Gerrard, hasn't he? Be, you know, Steven's leaving. Uh, yeah. It looks to me as if that's the plan at Liverpool, that they're going to have Jordan Henderson to yeah. be Stevie Gerrard Mark II. But, you know, yeah. is he go, can, he, can he do what Steven Gerrard well, has well, done? I, I, I think that Jordan's 24. So if we look back to, to Stevie G when he was 24, he was this swashbuckling player who believed he could score from anywhere, was getting on the end of things, was a massive link-up player to the front guys. Mm-hmm. And that's the bit of the game now that, you know, and I can I can remember talking to Jordan about this many times ago. He's got to make the, the, the breakthrough, you know, not to be a holding player all the time. And if he's to try and emulate Steve Jared, he's got to score more goals. Correct. He's got to be in around the tick of, of, of goal mouth action. And, and that's where Stevie really took to everybody's heart because he would pop up time and time again. He had the energy to do it, to get on the end of things as, as things were being created. And Jordan has the energy to do that. What he has to do now is go and make the conviction that he'll get 10, 15 goals, that, he, that he'll do for Liverpool not just what Stevie Gerrard do, but what the likes of Aaron Ramsey did last year and, and, and that important role that a goal-scoring midfield player can, can get. He's good enough to do it. Um, and and I, sorry, I, I recall, I said I'd mention an example, I recall a game against Wigan that we played at home and we were on a bit of a bad run and I actually you know, spoke to him the morning of the game and said, George, try and score a goal today. Stop worrying about getting back and, <laughs> yeah. and filling everybody else's mm. positions. You know, go be selfish today. And he scored two. And I was actually absolutely quite thrilled, but then of course he said I had nothing to do with it, so it was um, it was in his mind anyway. Yeah. But that that it just shows you he has got the ability to do that, and it's the next step to become Stevie Gerrard's. See that that's always been the thing in my mind, you know, that it's easy enough to play the ball square and back and whatever and keep possession, and you know, I mean, what do you want medals for that? Stevie G won Liverpool so many big big games, you know, finals, semi-finals, you name it. This kid was was scoring. Head. I mean, the other day they played terrible. The whole team played terrible at Wembley. Stevie G had one cleared off the line. A header cleared off the line. You know, he, he nearly got us back into the game with that again. And he's done that. Now, if you're telling me that, that this kid now is believing in himself more to look forward, to play forward, I think that can only be great for him, great for us. because yeah, and, yeah. and he can strike the ball. He's He's got to think, I'm going to get in there and score goals. Mm. That's it. That, that's exactly it. Ian. And the thing about it is he hasn't reached a, a point where he couldn't do something yet in his career. Mm-hmm. He had that difficult first spell at Liverpool. And I'll be quite honest with you, I said openly at the time, I think it was a year too early for him. Uh, it was hard, obviously, to turn it down. And that first year, he was a little bit bewildered with everything that was going on at Anfield and the, and the club being you know, in, in such a, a different place to his hometown Sunderland club. So 
once he got the hang of that, he's brought it to a level now where, where all Liverpool fans can trust him to be the Jordan Henderson that they've seen and all that, that, that player who covers the ground, as you say, who's able to handle the ball and can link up. The next step for him to become, you know, a, a mortal, an immortal, I should say, Liverpool player, uh, you know, it's to get more goals. Yes. And he's yeah. just got to get selfish and, and understand that one of the others will cover for him at times. You know, he wants to yeah. cover and do everything and do the hard job for everybody. And, and it's a great trait to have. But I think, as you say, his confidence now, this new contract, uh, the type of person he is, he won't be settling for, OK, I've got a nice few quid now. I'm just going to play my game. He'll want to go to the next stage. He wants to become a great, great player. And that's that's the bit that Ray Ranson spoke to me about when he went on loan to Coventry. It's the bit that we saw uh, when, when he lifted our dressing room and, and you know brought that spark that Sunderland needed to get away from the bottom three uh, in the couple of years that he was with us in the Premier League. And uh, I see it developing at Liverpool as well, and I wish him all the best. He's a great young lad. Fantastic, now. Well Fantastic. done, now. Uh, There's um, all hope here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, can we, can we he talk? Won't, he won't let anyone down. Yeah. So you, you talked about him lifting the dressing room at Sunderland. They surely need Sunderland, need somebody in that dressing room now, Niall, yeah. to lift the gloom yeah. and, at the minute. Can you see him staying up? Well, they they won the derby match against Newcastle and the, the city that night was cock-a-hoop and everybody felt it was great. We have a, a game against Palace next week. The real Sunderland are starting to turn up and what turned up against Crystal Palace was, was awful and everybody mm. is you know, shuddering again because of uh, that performance. So th- th- you're hoping it's a Jekyll and Hyde situation that they'll turn up like today at Stoke, for instance, and uh, and put a performance in. They went to West Ham in, in Dick Advocate's first game and looked well-organised and looked as if they could kick on from that. They won the derby, but last week, the, the, the fear has come right back into uh, all the Sunderland fans that I know. So you, you hope somebody pops up and and becomes the person to drive them on. Last year, it was Connor Wickham towards this time. Mm. He scored a lot of goals near the end, but uh, they need something really quick because they're, um, they're a point ahead of, of danger and these other teams below them are looking as if they're capable of getting more points. It's some, trouble. It's some scrap at the bottom, it isn't is. it? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. People forget you played for Sunderland's nuts. I did. I, I, I think the Sunderland fan. I, I, no, <laughs> I had six week up there and uh, I went up. Mike Walker says, go and get uh, some match practice and some games and get fit. And uh, I went. I was there at the wrong time. I was with, with a great set of lads and I ended up coming back £8 heavier than when I went. <laughs> 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 so you got you got uh, yourself fit in a different yeah. way. Tell me, Snows, uh, what was Len Shackleton like? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but now the the great supporters of Sunderland fans. But it must be so frustrating when, especially when I see them on on TV walking out. Obviously, when they're going two yeah. three goals down, and there's a mass yeah. exodus. It's oh, it's going to be horrendous if they do go down. Well, that's right. You see, th- those fans come. And there's forty six thousand at the Crystal Palace game uh, for a club and a team that have won one trophy since 1937. That's phenomenal. Mm. You know, it just shows you what that city is and how much they love their football. For it to be so flat and so low, and and the Villa game a few weeks earlier when, you know, I think it was one of Gus's last games when when they they were gone after 20 minutes, um, it tells you that that it's, it's at a low ebb. What does Premier League football mean to them? Well, this this current spell since Roy Keane brought the team up uh, about eight years ago, is the longest spell Sunderland have had, I believe, since the 50s mm. in the top flight. Mm. So, you know, to, to drop back down again would, would be a, a big wrench for the city itself because the, the, the city sleeps and breathes the football club. They're synonymous with each other. Um, quite apart from what it would mean to the investment of the American owner, Alice Short, to uh, the players' contracts themselves because um, 
there is a safety catch involved on the on the commercial mechanics there, which was brought in in our time that the players will all probably get a 50% pay cut and that will sort the men out from the boys to see who would be around next year to try and bring them back up. Mm. Now, what was it like sitting in the director's box for you? You know, like when your team was struggling and, and stuff like that and, and you've obviously had such a great career. Were you kicking the wall in front of you and getting yeah. frustrated as much as you yeah, would and, as, and you know, you were as a player? Absolutely. And you end up, you, you kind of, you start heading the ball and stuff and reaching <laughs> up and standing up and putting your hand up for offside. And, you know, and you've all these, all these business people looking at you going, what's up with it? Fantastic. Uh, yeah. If we may, finally as well, we need to talk to you about uh, another place where you're an absolute folk hero yeah. and a, a club legend there. Um What's going Fee, on? Fino's, Fino's in Sunderland, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, legend in there, mate. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you that now. <laughs> what, what's, uh, what's going on with City at the minute? Yeah, a really disappointing six or eight weeks there when it looked as if they were going to push Chelsea all the way. And then it's as if, from my vantage point anyway, that one or two of the players put the handbrake on mm. uh, for various reasons. And it's hard to fathom. And I, I know the Champions League exit you know, would have rocked the dressing room because it was so tame against Barcelona but the the issue I suppose after that was that they didn't pick themselves up in time to stay in the title race and it's put huge pressure on the manager why has it happened well you've seen agents getting busy a bit like Raheem Sterling's agent getting busy you've got obviously Yaya's agent getting busy and, and so a little bit of discord comes into the uh, to the whole dressing room into the arena Pellegrini who did great to put all the fires out that he inherited to get these guys up for it to win a league but it's kicking on again. I think some of them have been found wanting once more after they did it the first time. The same thing happened. Mancini lost his job. I mean, I, I would feel for Pellegrini if he loses his job. Yeah. Maybe he has to clear three or four of these guys out mm. and uh, and go again. But financial fair play might restrict that too, you know? Yeah, the average age mm. of the squad is, is really old. I think they had an yeah. average age of like 29 last week when mm. they played. So they are getting old. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on, on Arsenal-Chelsea? Ah, it's, it's a big guy. I suppose, you know, Arsenal will try and uh, win the game to keep the league open. Chelsea will just do what they've done so well in the last few months, mm. make life very difficult, and then probably go and nick a goal. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I watched Chelsea against QPR and made my mind up that Mourinho is actually a fantastic manager. He's, he's way ahead in, in terms of when his team aren't firing on all cylinders, they're still probably going to win. And, and that's, uh, that's a great thing to have because when they do play well, then of course they turn the show on. But um, I, I, you can't look past them. They, you know, it, mm. it wouldn't even be a, a, a major shock if Arsenal won it. I know because you could say they're taking the foot off the pedal and are going to get to the to the winning line against other teams. But just Mourinho's pride and his his whole belief that he wants to be known to be to be better now than Alex Ferguson was, mm. to be better than Arsene Wenger. It's it's just amazing to see. And he gets his, his players play and show his philosophy is. I think that's a buzzword everyone uses these days. But they they, they play for him every game. They mm. don't put in. A, a dummy performance like some of the uh, Man City players have put in and it's phenomenal to watch and, and good luck to them they've been by far the best team I was mm. over doing Real Madrid Atletico this week in the Champions League and Ancelotti won and he's now reached seven semi-finals of the Champions League and the man with eight 
Mourinho. Mm. Mourinho. Yeah. Which, I mean, it just shows what he... You'd still like to give him a slap sometimes. <laughs> 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 Never mind, sometimes, all the time. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Niall, thanks for coming on, Paul. Are you working uh, this week? Are you doing a game this weekend? Yeah, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the Etihad today. Oh, I'm, brilliant. I'm uh, going to see Man City and Aston Villa, see if Villa can uh, turn it on again like they did last week against you guys, um, Saints. But uh, mm. whatever the outcome, it's not as important a game as it looked maybe five or six weeks ago for both clubs. Mm. Um and uh, look, we'll get through it and maybe you'll see you guys in the golf course in the do, summer, perhaps. Does, well, uh, so, does it, do any of the City fans still sing Nile Quinn's disco pants to you when you turn up there? Um, yeah, the, the, the ones with grey hair and, and those, <laughs> those sort of old ears, you know, the old ones who wait outside and, and they want to jerseys from about the 60s. Brilliant. The ones that yeah, can't dance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nile, have a good day. Thanks ever Brilliant, so much Quinny. for coming on. You, you too, lads. Cheers, pal. Yeah. Bye. Oh. Great character. Great. Uh, How did that song go? You seem to... Niall Quinn's uh, disco pants are the best. They go up from his to his chest, etc., etc. Ah. You never heard that? No. Oh, yeah, they used to say... That's when Man City fans had a sense of humour. Ian St. John, Ian Snowden. This is Saint and Snods on Radio City and City Talk.